stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Look, working at a prison does not sound like a fun job, certainly not working at a maximum security federal prison. That's going to be a difficult and stressful enough job as it is for anybody. So given that, given what we ask these people to do, the hell that some female employees at the Edmonton Institution say they have gone through, I mean, it really is outrageous. Not at the hands of inmates, by and large, we're talking about abuse suffered at the hands of their co-workers. Story today, and some of the details here, folks, are disturbing. Four female employees at the Edmonton Institution have launched a $43 million lawsuit against their union and employer, alleging years of disturbing, uh, disturbing and damaging abuse. And we'll get into the details here, just to give you one example of how bad things got. One of the women who's uh, involved in this lawsuit says by the end of 2016, she stopped wearing her body armor, hoping that an inmate would stab her to death and end her ordeal. So what was going on and how was it going on for so long, at least as it's spelled out in this lawsuit? Uh, Abigail Biman is a reporter with Global National who's been following this story. Abigail, thanks for joining us here. Hello. Uh, So when was this lawsuit filed? Do we know? It was filed in Edmonton last week, uh, and you mentioned the extent of these allegations. It's a 45-page statement of claim with dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of alleged disturbing behavior within the walls of the institution. Now, how many other guards then are alleged to be responsible for all of this? So all of the individuals uh, in this statement of claim go by pseudonyms and the male guards go by John Doe, you know, numbers one through, I, I believe it's eight, but not all of them um, are, are the are aggressors or alleged aggressors to the same degree, but all four women name one guard in particular. He's listed as John Doe number one uh, as being a particular tormentor time and time again. He He's the one that's named by all four of these women so is yeah so that would be one then who is largely responsible for for much of this behavior that's what it sounds like from this statement of claim the and something you mentioned off the top was how was this able to go on for so long something that the lawsuit alleges is that the the women weren't able to stop this because many of their aggressors held prominent positions in the union and john doe number one was a union vice president so there are cases throughout the statement of claim where the women say that they tried to complain uh and management didn't do something or they tried to form uh, to file a formal grievance with the union and it wasn't able to happen yeah which yeah which is very bizarre so and again as i say i mean there's some disturbing details here but what's the nature of the abuse and the harassment here what are they saying they were subjected to it's really a wide range of awful behavior. Everything from verbal abuse to sexual harassment, both verbal and physical, to actual physical violence. The individual you referenced uh, who stopped wearing her body armor, she's identified as under the pseudonym Jessica in uh, this document. And Jessica alleges that for 10 years she experienced some form of harassment on a daily basis, mostly by John Doe number one, who in the beginning presented 
presented himself as a sort of protector figure or mentor figure or, or guide in a relationship that became uh, manipulative in order to earn her trust. And other women uh, make the same allegations about how this relationship sort of began. Um, but over time, his behavior is is just despicable. To, to give you some examples, uh, it's alleged that he used his genitals to stir women's beverages and then would tell them about it after laughing. Uh, this Jessica says he would chase her around with holding his genitals, uh, would urinate into rubber gloves, tie them off, and then either threaten or actually throw them at her, as well as keeping some in his office as a reminder of what happened if she didn't, you know, follow the rules. Uh, really, really heinous stuff. She says that later on, he and a, a partner that that came on later, John Doe number six, um, were both involved equally in this um, harassment. They would waterboard her, uh, hold her hair while slamming her face into hard surfaces, handcuff her to things. Really disturbing, disturbing information. Now, wh what's the status of these women now? Are they still working there? Or are they are they now retired? Wh what's their status? So one of the four women is still working there, although the law, the uh, statement of claim describes it as in a reduced capacity that's tantamount to dismissal. Of the other three women, Jessica, who we've spoken about the most, she, the document says that she is living in hiding out of fear of reprisal from the union and, and uh, from management as well, and that basically her life, uh, she's she's been divorced, she's lost her home, she has a long list of, um, of health concerns that they're alleging come from her treatment uh, at the institution. Now, none of the women nor their lawyer are doing interviews around this. And uh, other, you know, former staff or former corrections staff have said that that's, that's not surprising that, the, that these women are, in fact, in fear of what could happen. Now, the union's not commenting at this point. Is that right? That's right. Both the union and Correction, Correctional Service Canada released short statements basically saying that they condemn harassment, uh, but that because it's a lawsuit, they can't comment further. The uh, minister responsible is Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale, and he spoke uh, to reporters in Regina yesterday, and he had a, he had slightly more pointed words saying that, you know, the, the allegations, this type of behavior is, is simply not acceptable and that the investigation will be thorough. And there is some context here. Um, because there has been an ongoing investigation at the Edmonton Institution in January. Six people were fired um, after an allegation over harassment, um, both towards other staff and in that case towards inmates. So six people were fired in January. Edmonton police are conducting their own separate investigation into possible criminal activity. They told us yesterday that investigation is ongoing and no charges have been laid to this point. But uh, the public safety minister saying, you know, both internal and external investigations into this will be thorough. Yeah, well, I hope so. This is serious stuff. Uh, more at globalnews.ca. Uh, Abigail, thanks for joining us here. Appreciate this. Absolutely. All right, that's Abigail Biman uh, with Global National following this story. It's really, really disturbing stuff. 974-8255 is our number. We're going to take a quick break here. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.